This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much and good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show and our big Friday. We get ready for the weekend, and it is great to have everybody along. We got a lot coming up on the show today. We got masks to give away, the uh, Buzz Adams Morning Show mask. We'll give some of those out. Also, a true crime report is on the way later this morning. Today is J.K. Rowling's birthday, who created Harry Potter. And in the book, she also made today Harry Potter's birthday. So. Yeah. You're a wizard. I'm going to give you a quiz, Lisa. I'm going to put mm. I'm going to put a prize on the line because you're kind of like the the super fan of Harry Potter out okay. of the four of us. Not saying anybody else isn't a fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't see all the movies, but you're the you're the real fan, like the hardcore fan, right? Like, when's the last time you consumed some Harry Potter related media <laughs> in some way? Last night I was reading Goblet of Fire. <laughs> last night, Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Yeah, my, my my friend John and I, we had a Harry Potter marathon a few weeks ago, and then I was like, I miss these. I'm going to start reading them again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's the worst, because I'm not even the worst out of my friends, which sucks. You've got bigger Harry Potter fans in your friend group? Just even more nerds, I would say, it? because the entire time, even when we're watching Game of Thrones, the entire time we're watching, every time they say dragon, all I hear underneath their breath is, Wyvern, actually. I get it. Okay. I get it. There's a difference. In case you didn't know, there's a wyvern and there's a dragon. And there is a very distinct difference, apparently, uh, between the two. And people get very upset. That's very nerdy. Yeah. Do you know the difference? Uh, A dragon is a mythical creature and wyvern was on that sitcom Wyvern and Shirley back in the 80s? No. Okay. A wyvern has two legs. While a dragon has four. Oh. So you'll see in a lot of different media, like Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, which they put only two legs and then they connect the, the third and fourth front, the front legs to the actual wings. Now that's technically a wyvern. A dragon has four legs on the floor and then the wingspan. And this is why I need new friends. So, yeah. because I now officially know the difference between the two. Maybe print up an application form. We'll put it on our Facebook or something, <laughs> and people can apply to be Lisa's new friends. Lisa Don't wants argue a less nerdy me. class of friends. Oh uh, yeah, they're tired. Ooh, a Chinese volleyball. Ooh, it's a wyvern actually. Okay. How do you think you'll do on a Harry Potter quiz? Uh, it depends. I, I actually I think haven't. It's pretty basic knowledge. I've been wanting to go do like the geeks who drink Harry Potter. Is Just, that even happening during the pandemic? It's not, but they yeah. used to do it at Alamo Draft House, and I think the one weekend they did it, I was out of town, so I couldn't do it because I did the Disney one, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll be great at this. And then the first question just screwed me over, and I was like, yeah, no, it's, I'm going downhill from here. Let's uh, go around the room, everybody, share what you're working on in your departments uh, today. Let's get it started with sports news, Brandon. What do you have coming up today in sports? The NBA returned last night. Mm. And uh, so I'll get some updates on that. And LeBron James is talking about how we have to use this platform for social justice and social awareness. 
This coming from the guy who refused to say anything negative about China and all of the atrocities that have happened over there. Yeah, I wonder if he's changed his opinion on China and how it's like, well, we should just play ball and not talk about stuff. And I don't want to lose a lot of endorsements from China and stuff. What happened uh, with the national anthem last night? They all kneeled. Everybody knelt. I believe so. Did you see what happened at one of the WNBA games a week before? Mm, I don't think so. Everybody walked off the court. Like they started playing the national anthem, and you know how everybody stands out on the court? Yeah. All the WNBA players, as soon as the anthem started playing, they walked off. Okay, that seems obsessive. Uh, all right, so everyone on the court kneeled. And I mean everyone last night. Um, every player, every coach, and even the referees wow. uh, knelt during the national anthem. So uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has spoken out and is fine with it. Uh, afterwards, the NBA commissioner said, I respect our team's unified act of peaceful protest for social justice and under these unique circumstances will not enforce our longstanding rule requiring standing during the playing of the national anthem. So that was part of the, back when the, all the Kaepernick stuff was getting started, it was in the NBA. It's like, oh, they, got a, they actually have a rule that you're required to stand during the national anthem. Wasn't that because of um, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf? Is that who it was? You mean Chris Jackson? There you go. Yeah. Changed his name, and he would... He wouldn't kneel or he wouldn't sit. He would just turn his back, wouldn't he? Wasn't that what he did? That's what I remember from uh, Roof was uh, turning his back. I've got a list of the most overrated TV shows state by state, and tonight, the second season of Umbrella Academy... Well, not tonight. Today, it's already on Netflix, so it's already streaming. Uh, Second season of Umbrella Academy is on Netflix... Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. And the series premiere of Muppets Now is streaming as we speak on Disney+. Plus. So that's happening. Let's get entertainment news, a little sneak peek of what's coming up in entertainment news. Joanna, what do we have? Well, for the first time ever, oh, the Oprah magazine will not feature Oprah Winfrey on its cover. Instead, the publication's namesake has given that honor for the September issue to Breonna Taylor. Louisville, uh, like first responder who was sleeping peacefully in her bed and then the cops yep. busted in and shot her while... Yep, she was yeah. sleeping. And... Uh, Oprah's never had anybody but Oprah on she the front cover. She has had like her co-stars, or she's had her best friend on the cover, but she's never not appeared on the cover herself. Oh, uh, Lisa, news. What do we have coming up on our news report later today? The biggest news today is the last day that we we're talking about that $600 unemployment enhancement that a lot of Americans are getting right now. Uh, it's leaving more than uh, also there's a federal moratorium on evictions that has been happening that ends today as well. So a lot of Americans are going to be without the unemployment check and they may be looking at being evicted. Uh, it's leaving more than 12 million renters at risk for homelessness. Yeah, but there, isn't there a lot of political talk going on in Washington about a, a second round of unemployment checks or is that am I wrong about that? There is a lot of talk, but the problem is they can't come to a deal. So as they're arguing and bickering, a lot of Americans are saying, hey, that's check, that check is gone for me tonight. Like, I'm not going to have not it anymore. you that unemployment check if you've been getting used to it. And also, I, that's some of the chatter you hear that people are like, well, we don't want to pay people so much that, they, that it's a disincentive to go back to work, right? 
that's what you're hearing, but a lot of people are just saying at this point, like, I need something to pay my rent. That's what it comes down yeah. to the most. And um, also, it coincides with they're going to start collecting or, you know, demanding that you pay your rent again. And a lot of Americans haven't been making those rent payments because they can't afford it. Um, with rent, with the bills, with uh, feeding their families, a lot of people are dealing with uh, hunger issues in their families, too. So uh, this is a very scary day for a lot of Americans. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Uh, during the NBA National Anthems last night, uh, everybody took a knee. Everybody. Coaches, players, the referees took a knee. The NBA restarted its bubble in Orlando last night. There were two games, Jazz uh, and Pelicans and Lakers Clippers. During both national anthems, everyone on the court kneeled. Every player, every coach, even the referees, everybody who was on the court, it was, you know, obviously planned because it it happened in both games. And the NBA commissioner, uh, Adam Silver, says it's fine with it. Unlike the NFL, and I don't know about Major League Baseball, but definitely I remember this was a thing when Kaepernick was kneeling. Uh, they were saying, well, this won't be an issue in the NBA because they actually they have, a, have a rule. They rule. have a rule, and the NFL doesn't have a rule. But the rule in the NBA had said, uh, look, our players are required to stand during the national anthem. But Adam Silver says, I respect our team's unified act of peaceful protest for social justice. And under these unique circumstances, we'll not enforce our longstanding rule requiring standing during the playing of a national anthem. I feel kind of bad for uh, John Batiste, who I don't know who John Batiste is, but he was the guy performing the national anthem, and I hope they went over and said to him, "Is like, listen, dude, nothing against you. Um, then they had uh, a group called the Compton Kids performing the anthem remotely before the Lakers-Clippers game. And here's Charles Barkley. Uh, Charles Barkley said, it would have been okay if someone didn't want to kneel. Uh, I don't know if that's just an opinion or, you know, if, I think if there was anybody that was, on it. was there anybody that was forced into it? Uh, well, nobody, nobody didn't kneel. So, well, I, there are players that, cause remember they're allowing the social messages on the backs of jerseys. And there are players who have elected not to do that, including guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I would hope that if somebody had said, hey, it goes against my conscience to do this, I, I hope they would respect Yeah, they'd be okay with it. Uh, I suppose. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Today is J.K. Rowling's birthday, and it is also Harry Potter's birthday. So she made Harry Potter's birthday and her birthday on the same day. If uh, Harry Potter, and she actually gave the year that Harry Potter was born in, so, you know, the boy wizard mm-hmm. from the... You're a wizard, Harry. From the 90s uh, what? would be 40 <laughs> if he were alive. Insanity. If he were a real boy, he would be 40 years old. Uh, uh-huh. Lisa is yes. our main Harry Potter fan. So what do you want the... Uh, the Totes and the goats. What do you want the prize to be? You have to buy everybody Starbucks, and they Woo! deliver. Woo! Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you guys got to cover the tip, then. Yeah, we can do that. For the Starbucks. Oh, Brendan, what? And you know you're supposed to tip at, like, 
50% of what the total is. Yeah, no, we, we know the guy. He was here yesterday. Oh, okay. Where, were, where was... Let me ask you a question. When I was getting this ready, where was my Harry Potter quiz? I got it. <laughs> no, I got I, it now. You know what? I'm excited. Clearly, this is going to be good. We're off to a great start. All right. There are uh, 14 questions all together. Uh-huh. I'm going to say you got to get 10 out of 14. That's fair, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. For a Harry Potter fan. Yeah. All right. Here you go. Question number one. Boom. When the spell was lifted and his true identity revealed, who was posing as Mad-Eye Moody? Oh, this would be uh, book four, The Goblet of Fire, and that would be Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr. is the correct answer, so you've got one. Mm -hmm. You just have to get nine more. Go, Lisa. Lisa, Harry played the (laughs) same position on his Quidditch team. Seeker. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the question was he played the same position (laughs) on his Quidditch team as his dad did. That's a seeker. He did. Who is Grop? Can you spell it for me? Yeah. G-R-A-W-P. Oh, that's Hagrid's little brother that is technically, I think, like nine foot tall, and he's small for the size of a giant. Well, he's 16 foot tall, so oh, I probably shouldn't give it to you. But... Hagrid is nine then, and then Groppy is 16. And that's what they call him. They call him Groppy. Yeah, Grop is Hagrid's half-brother, so that's three for three already. Woo! <laughs> uh, all right. Like, Let's get that Starbies! Yeah! According to the Sorting Hat song, what qualities do a Ravenclaw possess? Ooh, that would be uh, cunning and wit. Wit and learning. Oh, cunning and slithering. Yeah, I'm not giving you that one. Oh, okay. Wow. Sorry. He's I'm going hard today. Question. He's he's upset you're getting them right. (laughs) (laughs) And he has to buy Starbucks. Question five. What is the Marauders map and what does it show? Oh, geez. (laughs) What is that one like too, too easy? Yeah. Uh, this was this showed up in book three, The Prisoner of Azkaban. And the Marauder's Map is the map that was written by Peter Pettigrew, Remus Lupin, Sirius Black, and James Potter. And it is the map that shows where everyone is at Hogwarts at any time. And you can see their name. And this is also how in book four, how he finds out that Mad-Eye Mad- Moody is actually Party Crouch Jr. You got it. <laughs> All right. God. We don't need a chapter. That was a book. That was great, though. <laughs> How do you activate and deactivate the Marauders map? Mischief managed is how you deactivate, and I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Is what? Oh, how you oh, you have to put your wand on it, and then you say, "I solemnly swear that I am up to no good," and then, bring. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you've got five rights so far. Uh huh. What was the reason the Whomping Willow was planted? That was planted in the year that Remus Lupin went to Hogwarts because he is actually a werewolf and he was told he was not allowed to go to Hogwarts and he was bitten when he was a child by Frenrir Greyback. 
Yeah, but that's not the reason the whomping willow was planted. Oh, it was planted at the base of the hall to get to the Shrieking Shack, which is where Remus Lupin would be sent once a month. When Shrieking was- Shack was the words I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like book three in its entirety? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you number eight. Number eight was what was the shrieking shack and who used it? And you you did all that. So now you've got seven. Right. God dang it. All right. You you can only order stuff that's on the Starbucks menu, okay? What Kay. else would we order from? I don't know, like some kind of secret thing that's got gold in it. And- <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh okay. like a unicorn frappuccino uh, or whatever. <laughs> we got this. We're ready. Question number nine. Mm-hmm. In the movie Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Woo! Oh, I watched that last night. Continue. What foot does Harry remove his sock from to help Dobby the house elf get his freedom? The, ooh, this is a little bit trickier. Uh, the left foot, I believe. <laughs> Wow, you were quick on that, Damn, buddy. He's so excited. Yeah. No, it was the right foot. It was a 50-50 chance. Lord. I'm still rooting for you, Lisa. All right, here you go. <laughs> you got this. There are 14 questions total, and you got to get 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Question number 10, what kind of dragon did Harry face in his first Triwizard Tournament task? So there were four dragons. <laughs> And I just need the one he used. So the Welsh green went to oh. Cedric Diggory. You're going to do all of them. The Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine, fine. The Norwegian Ridgeback, Norwegian Ridgeback is the one. And it has a forked tail with spikes on it. Wrong. Oh no! Which one was it? Harry used the Hungarian oh, horn, horn tail. tail. You're right. Norwegian Hungarian horn tail. Norwegian Ridgeback is from the first book. That is the dragon that Hagrid gets as a pet. Go, Lisa. Let's see if it's. You got to get ten. You can't. You said boys. nine. She's seven for ten. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm. I'm trying to. You missed three. You can't miss more than four, or you lose. And we still have yeah, four not, more questions. Still get the rest of these right. Can you name Ron Weasley's immediate family? All members? Yep. Of his immediate family. So father, mother, and siblings. Okay. So mom and dad is Molly and Arthur Weasley. Then you have Fred and George, which are his older brother, which are the twins. Then you have Percy Weasley, which is his older brother, who is the uh, head boy at Hogwarts. Then above him, you have Charlie, which is a shorter one, who actually works with dragons in Romania. Description, just the name. Then you have Bill Weasley, who is a curse breaker at Gringotts Bank. Then you have Ginny Weasley, which is their uh, his younger sister, who Harry ends up marrying. And then, anybody else you want to know about the gnomes? No, you got it. Okay. <laughs> this is I fun. This is fun. Because not have... only is Lisa knocking it out of the park, she's frustrating Buzz. And there's go- there's a goblin that lives in the uh, the attic. And they have gnomes in the front yard. They also have um, Pigwigeon. They call Pig, which is their owl. Then they have Errol, which is the family owl. Then they have Scabbers, which is the rat. Which and is then- actually... <gasps> Peter Pettigrew. There you go. Okay, once again, I just needed the names. You could have done that a lot simpler. Okay. Question number 12. We got three more questions. You have to get... You have to go two for three. You have to go two for three. Okay. 
At the end of Chamber of Secrets, what was the phrase that Tom Riddle's name turns into, oh. revealing that he was actually the Dark Lord? So technically, it wasn't just Tom Riddle. His middle name was included, which is Tom Marvelo Riddle, which when you flip him around, it says, I am Lord Voldemort, a.k.a. Who, he who just got named. two of the final three questions. In one. <laughs> Dang. No, no, no. She hasn't gotten it yet. Oh, you okay, think she okay. has, but she hasn't. She's a oh. cheater. How am I a cheater? Um, question I watched number, that movie last night. Question number 13. He's trying to finagle this is okay. what he's doing. Okay. No. Spell Tom Riddle's full name. Oh, spell it? Yeah. Oh, T-O-M? <laughs> Marvelo, M A R V O L O, Riddle, R I D D L E. Yay! Would you like to know uh, his grandfather's name too? Marvelo nope. Gaunt from the Gaunt <laughs> family. Care less. Hey, Brandon, do you have the Starbucks menu? <laughs> Bring it up. Got one more question. Do you want to do it for fun? Yeah. Starbucks. Menu. What does it mean to <laughs> long? Most expensive. I, what? <laughs> what does it mean to long bottom yourself? Oh, that's a poor little Neville. So Neville Longbottom, he is the one who is friends with Harry. He's also a Gryffindor. His parents, actually, Alice and um, his dad, they were murdered by Again, Lord Voldemort. Again, don't need the biography. Just what does it mean to <laughs> Longbottom yourself? Oh, that's when you like, I almost said a bad word, but it's like when you mess up or when you goof off or something and like you, you screw up, basically. You Longbottom yourself. What? That's Not according to this. Brandon's like, that's half. To long bottom is when a person goes from being weak, nerdy, fat, or unattractive, and then suddenly becomes remarkably attractive. Oh, you meant in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. He, he, that's, uh, that's also called a glow up. Because uh, he glowed up. He real did. Up. Good for him. Look him up now. Do they ever call it pecking after Josh Peck from Drake and Josh? Cause Nobody cares he, about him. Okay. No. No, yeah. Well, the, the phrase came uh, was coined after Matthew Lewis, the actor who played Oof. Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter film series, went from being a chubby, Look unattractive child to a handsome, muscular man. He is the hottie of the hot. That does remind me of a really funny meme that came out years ago where somebody was protesting an abortion clinic that said if... The Potters had aborted Harry, who would have defeated Lord Voldemort. And on the Neville bottom, Longbottom. It just, yeah, the bottom it just says Neville Longbottom. Please read the books next time. <laughs> yes! Yay, Lisa! Well, you got eleven out of fourteen. Woo! That's amazing. Are you sad? No. Just Are you use, surprised? You can, you can hear it in his voice. Are you surprised? I'm proud of you. I'm bursting with pride that this you is... won the Harry Potter costume. Contest. This is what me Ooh, and my friend John sandwiches. do. We like watch the movies and we'll quiz each other. We'll ask random questions the entire time. So I've been training for this. All right. Well, the good news is you've already got the twenty dollars from last week, so you can call in your order no! for Starbucks. Yep. No. <laughs> Did I not give you twenty dollars last week for Starbucks? That no, you but then to you use? kept making me mad all week, and I told you that twenty disintegrated. So. <laughs> Congratulations on your win Woo! And I hope you enjoy your Starbucks That you bought buy with the $20 bill That I gave you last week Nope, no. nope. 
It's not how it works. All right, let's take Dude, a break. When he goes to the bathroom, just take money out of his wallet. He leaves it on the Shut on his up. Desk. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, let's uh, go over and take a look at what's new on our website. All right, uh, Brandon, what are the COVID numbers and uh, what is this milestone? Uh, Texas is past New York. Uh, well, the coronavirus cases in te- uh, Texas, they've risen to more than 418,000. Uh, that now puts us higher than the case count in New York. But the more telling stuff, and this is one of those things that we've we mentioned this on the air quite frequently, is that the COVID numbers can be confusing or misleading, depending on what well, what's you're the watching. population of each state, I guess. Well, that and also, you know, just be, you know, positive cases don't necessarily exactly relate to active. deaths or yeah or active or hospital stays. But um, over on CNN, they spoke with some doctors, and uh, Federico Vallejo is a critical care pulmonologist, and he used to treat fifteen to twenty patients now he's treating 70 a day what do you mean he, he treat that first number was before the pandemic before yeah before this really hit he was treating 15 to 20 a day now he's treating up to 70 a day at least he's got a post about uh but it's going to be included in the uh, true crime which is coming up here in just a few few moments but the headline is naked man dies after being tasered by utep uh police I'm so surprised I didn't see this. Didn't see that story? No, didn't see it happen. Because oh, because it was right by your house? Saw the story, she wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's, it's right around the time that we go to work. So I don't, that's why I was surprised thinking, I'm like, what? How did we not? Because I told Joanna, I'm like, you probably drove past this and didn't even realize it. Well, we got some more details and there are more details on Lisa's story. You can check it out at buzzadamshow.com, but it's also in the True Crime Report, which we're going to get into in just a few moments. I'm going to have Florida Man Game for you. Uh, that's on the way. Streaming in yeah, yeah. August. Uh, tomorrow will be August. And uh, oh. Joanna is here to tell us what's uh, going to be available for streaming on the various services. So on the post, I do have links to everything that will be available to some of the main streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Prime Video, and nice. Disney+. Plus. Uh, but in my post, all I did was highlight what I think would be worth watching. Uh, and we all know at Netflix, we're all about that true crime. Yeah. And their Netflix documentaries. They have one coming out on August 5th called World Most Wanted about heinous criminals who have avoided capture despite massive rewards and global investigations. The docuseries profiles five of the mo- the world's most wanted. We also have... Is a- Coney 2012 on there? I don't... I don't think they ever got that said. guy. <laughs> do, you remember, do you even remember no. that thing? Oh. No. We're going to have to wait and see... Most wanted. So it's like a portion of unsolved mysteries that they're doing, just an entire yeah. show on it. Okay. They also have another doc- documentary called Unwell that takes a deep dive into the lucrative wellness industry that includes things like essential oils Ooh. that all tout health and healing. But do these wellness trends live up to their promises? Spoiler, they do not. They do not. It's a bunch <laughs> of bolt. It also goes into like Tantra. You have to see the trailer to it. It's really weird. I wonder if they include vitamins in that because vitamins are a big scam too. Well, yeah, and that's the thing because everyone says you can get your vitamins through 
your food. It's better you, to get it through your food. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're not, yeah. have a I mean, or if you have a deficiency, yeah. for sure, you know, fruits and vegetables have vitamins. If you, if that's why sailors used to have to take limes on trips with them, is because. But as far as taking vitamins when you're eating anything approaching a, a healthy diet is just a scam. As I still take daily vitamins. Yeah, you know, it's probably not going to hurt you. I mean, your body will just cycle it out or whatever. I like the taste of uh, Flintstones chewables. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I do take uh, elderberry gummies, and they are delicious. The docuseries is called Unwell, and that's available on August 12th. They also have the new Jamie Foxx movie coming out called Project Power, and that is about a pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes. That pill is now hitting the streets of New Orleans. Wait, this is this is a documentary? No, this is a oh, movie. Okay. It's Jamie Foxx's <laughs> movie. I was going to say, after we were talking about vitamins, like, it's like, well, tell me about this one. <laughs> yeah, this is called Project Power. It's Jamie Foxx's new movie. Uh, that pill is going to hit the streets of New Orleans, so a teenage dealer and a local cop team up with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. All right, what's that going to be on? Netflix. Okay. I'll check that out. There's a lot of great stuff coming. Anything else? Um, over on Prime. I know this no. is in August, but Umbrella Academy season two. Is Woo! Right, that comes out today. They Prime is going to have Inception available tomorrow, and then Disney Plus is going to have. Wait, Prime's going to have Inception tomorrow? Yes. Oh, because we've been looking for that one. That will be available on Prime Video. You got tomorrow. your Prime? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't even remember how we got on it, uh, but my wife and I were talking about... Oh, it's because we were watching the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode that references Memento for yeah. like the whole episode that's like a constant callback. And so I looked for Memento, and I looked for Inception, and yeah, it's Christopher Nolan movies. And I know that they were there, and then all of a sudden, poof, like they disappeared. Yeah, that's so. me. The other day, for like some reason, Christopher Nolan movie. I tried to watch Jason Bourne, like the Bourne <laughs> identity. Don't judge my life. And... <laughs> Because I saw the beginning of it, like on TNT, I'm like, oh, this movie looks kind of good. Maybe I'll start watching it. They don't have them on anything, and I was like, I'm not paying 4.99 to rent a movie that's like 20 years old. HBO Max is gonna have The Dark Knight available tomorrow, as well as Idiocracy, Buzz. Woo! Well, I've seen Idiocracy so much, but so now everybody, everybody else can there see it. Everybody else has can HBO see it. Max, and you haven't seen Idiocracy. It will be available on HBO Max tomorrow. You'll watch that movie and you'll say, oh, man. This is really They were off by like 500 years. (laughs) (laughs) So sad because it's true. Let me talk just for a moment about uh, the county commissioner in Otero County. His name is uh, Coy Griffin. And, yeah, of course, he's the same guy who said a couple of months ago following. So he said that. Murder, yeah! Yeah, he said that during a church service to enthusiastic applause, you know, from all the good Christians that were there. Uh, Coy Griffin posted a video on Sunday. It has since gone missing on the Internet, but does anything ever actually disappear forever from the Internet? I think it's just a matter of time. And he went off on a tirade about something that hasn't even happened yet. Here's what uh, he said, and I quote from Coy uh, Griffin's uh, Facebook on Sunday. They want to destroy our country. They want to talk about playing a black national anthem before football games. 
I got a better idea. Why don't you go back to Africa and form your little football teams over in Africa, and you could play on an old beat-out dirt lot, and you could play your black Jeez. national anthem there. How about that? Well, this is a, clearly a racist rant by a very racist mm-hmm. man. But it even gets more racist when you figure out what he's talking about. Uh, so who's talking about playing? What is the Black National Anthem? Who's talking about playing it? Um, there have been reports, mainly on extreme right and white supremacist websites, that the NFL may be considering playing the hymn, Lift Every Voice and Sing, before some football games. This uh, is from an unnamed source who told this to ESPN. So Coy Griffin would have you believe that the majority of African-Americans across the country are behind this. I think if you ask most African-Americans what's the black national anthem, most of them, before this controversy, would have said, I don't know what you're talking about. But it's a level of fragility that Coy Griffin has that reports from an unnamed source about something that might happen but hasn't happened yet. Do you know how many NFL games they played the Black National Anthem or this hymn, Lift Every Voice and Sing? Hmm. Zero. Do you know how many confirmed uh, games that they've said they're definitely going to play it? Zero. Um, As I suspect, Coy Griffin is just plain old racist and looks for any chance to be a racist. Um... Reached by phone on Monday, Griffin said the back to Africa comment was probably a poor choice of words. So I looked into it. I know the song, not as the Black National Anthem, but as the hymn from the Southern Baptist hymnal, Lift Every Voice and Sing. And I'm just wondering why a guy who claims to be a preacher, what does he have against hymns? What does he have against Jesus that he would go in a church and suggest killing half of Americans? Uh, this guy is an embarrassment to Otero County. He's an embarrassment to America. He's an embarrassment to the Christian faith. So, um, oh, and uh, "Lift Every Voice and Sing" was also a poem for the birth for the birthday of Abraham Lincoln. That's the occasion that it was written for. But considering the Republican president that Coy Griffin really, really, really loves, uh-huh. I can understand why he would be so bent out of shape and triggered by a hymn that, or a poem that was written for a Republican president that stood for the things Abraham Lincoln does. So get him out. I don't know what the procedure is, but New Mexico, you're, you got a lot of ingenuity. Get him out like yesterday. Just get him out one way or the other. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We're all set to get into today's true crime report. I want to start off by letting you know we do have a Florida man game. So everybody have something to write on you know how it works i'll give you the headline and leave out one keyword or phrase and if you answer it correctly you win ten thousand dollars also i've got a new florida man song just depending on time whether or not we'll have a chance to play the floor the new florida man song or not Actual crime stories from around the world and across the nation. You can read uh, more about this story at buzzadamshow.com. A naked man who was chasing a woman's vehicle near UTEP died after UTEP 
uh, University Police tasered him with a stun gun. A woman called 911 about 3.30 a.m. on Tuesday reporting that she was driving near Sunbull Drive when a nude man ran after her car near the intersection of North Mesa. The man was identified as Ray Adrian Lada, 36. UTEP police officers responded to the scene, located Mr. Lara, who they say was being combative. University officers used a taser on the man and took him into custody. Afterwards, EMT technicians were called to the scene to treat the man and found him unconscious and unresponsive. Uh, he died. Official cause of the death has not been released, but he had... Uh, been tased at some point before that lisa that's the one that you thought for sure you would have seen like the police sirens because it would have been so close to your house and like at well the no same joanne time. and i take the same road to get here so that's why i told her i'm like it was to the left like i'm surprised we didn't mm-hmm. see anything but maybe he got taken to the hospital by the time we passed by uh naked man got went, a, lot of, a lot of naked men in today's report so far <laughs> This is about a naked man in Pennsylvania who got in a fight with police at a drive-in theater. So he was naked at the drive-in theater. Police in Center Township, uh, Pennsylvania, got a call this week about a naked guy causing a scene at the drive-in theater. When they got there, they found 28-year-old Ronald Sito running around naked. By the time the police got there, Mr. Cito had already punched three security guards who'd asked him to leave. So he was so naked and he was punching security guards. You would say this person was naked at the drive-in? <laughs> Does that mean if Jim Ward and the other members performed naked, they would be naked at the drive-in? I, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that, but I guess so. Well, he was also combative when the police showed up and fought them. He was arrested and took to a hospital to be evaluated. He didn't die, unlike the UTEP guy, but he's facing several charges. No word on why he got naked. In Massachusetts, a man and a woman were... Again? Naked? Honestly, yeah, it's a naked story. I didn't plan (laughs) it to be a naked story. Where's everyone's clothes? Maybe people feel like, you know, it's a pandemic... Who needs a pets? lot of different stuff is changed. I'm wearing a that, mask. They're, no, they're revolting against that no shirt, no shoes, no service thing. Yeah. So they're just stripping down. I'll wear that mask, but I'm going to take my pants off. <laughs> Police in Hopkinton, Massachusetts got a call around 6.30 a.m. on Monday about a couple who were walking a dog naked. The man and the woman. Well, the dog, I assume, also. <laughs> but when the cops tracked down the couple, 32-year-old Mariel Kinney and 30-year-old Kevin Pinto, both took off running. Police caught him, and when they did, the couple started attacking the police. They were both arrested for indecent exposure, assault and battery on a police officer. There's a whole list here. Disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace, resisting arrest. So why were they naked? Police say that the uh, couple would not give them a, a straight answer. But the police did note in their report that their dog was a very good dog. (laughs) I'm not going to disagree with that statement. (laughs) Very well-behaved dog. Our next story uh, involves a woman hitting her boyfriend with a machete. Naked? 
Because <laughs> I can tell you right now, when we get to the Florida Man game, my response is going to be, be naked. naked. <laughs> A 39-year-old guy in Deer Park, Illinois, found himself being macheted by his girlfriend after he peed the bed on Sunday night. Ooh. Doesn't say, you know, but the first thing that comes to mind is, well, maybe the guy was really, really drunk and peed the bed. Whatever the reason, his 39-year-old girlfriend, Bolfanari Om, was not happy. In fact, she was more than not happy. You might say she was pissed. <laughs> oh, uh, she grabbed a machete that I guess was just laying around and sure. hit her boyfriend in the head with the machete. Fortunately, she hit him with the flat part. Not the, you know, but still. Hit him with That's a machete. machete. He was taken to the hospital with a serious head injury, according to the report. She was arrested on two felony battery counts, so there's her uh, mugshot. I mean, the word nudity isn't in this one, but I mean, it wouldn't be too far of a leap to assume that somebody was nude while this was going on, so. <laughs> he was in bed. And are you ready to play Florida Man game? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, get out something to write on. And remember, I'll give you the headline. And you're going to fill in the blank, see if you can get it right. Oh. Okay, here we go. Pizza guy tells police he did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Pizza guy tells police he didn't think it was illegal to blank in your own car. Be naked. Sorry. Pizza guy says he didn't think it was illegal to blank in your own car. You know what? Normally, you only get a few seconds, but since we're up against a break, why don't okay. we take a break? We'll come back. We'll get your answers. Ooh, because right. I also had that new Florida man game. I don't want to. I don't want to have to rush through that. So once again. Excellent, excellent. Pizza guy tells cops he didn't think it was illegal to blank in your own car. We'll have your answers coming up. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Where we left off, you guys were writing down your answers for the Florida Man game. I do have a new Florida Man song. Did I not play an intro for the Florida Man game nope. when we got started? No, because oh, no, we were running out of time. Florida Man, Florida, Florida Man. man. I don't know what, what happened. For? Oh. Oh, what you do? It's like our Facebook stream. It froze. Who gave Marco Rubio a sanity? Florida man. Oh, Florida man. Florida man. What are you doing? Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. Never gave a flip or oh. gave up. Florida man. Whose grandma Florida makes man. the best meth in town. Florida man. Florida man. Who stole costumes from Disney World. Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. Oh, I, remember like that? I like it when the song, go, the inflection goes up like a question. Florida man. Florida <laughs> man. I, I hadn't heard that story. I was just assuming. Oh, that was an old one we did a news. I'm just going to start doing that, bringing up old random Florida stories and being like, and who did this? It was a Florida man. Now I'm worried about this. Theme stole song spaghetti stopping. and meatballs from a pot inside of a house. Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. This is going to be a real downer if my audio player isn't okay. working anymore. Oh no! You just you could always course. try opening it up in one of the other ten programs you have. Florida. There we go, Florida man. 
Oh. Here's Andy Bottle <laughs> Florida man. Florida man. I'll, I'll make this note, but you might want to back up that th- this entire studio has been acting real wiggy this morning. Wiggy? Just, it's been wigging out a lot. <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> Has sex with a can. <laughs> All right, so here you go. Uh, pizza guy, and this was in Florida, but pizza guy said, tells cops he didn't think it was illegal to blank in your own car. Joanna. Yes. Let's go ahead and have your answer. I went with poop. Oh. Florida man says he didn't think it was. He is defecating mm-hmm. in his car. Florida yeah, guys. No, Florida couldn't. man tells police he didn't think it was illegal to poop in yeah, your own car. Like, it's my own car, dude. Mm. Oh, I thought anybody that else has got that one, I can tell you right now, that's not the answer. Nope. No. Brandon, Florida man, pizza guy, says uh-huh. tells cops he didn't think it was illegal to blank in your own car. I dude. thought of a lot of different things. I thought of smoke weed. I thought of uh, pleasure himself. But I'm sticking with what my original thought was. We had so many stories in the true crime report of people being naked, so I said, be naked. He didn't know that it was not okay to not be naked in his own car. Uh, Side note, is it not? I was going to ask, yeah, because hasn't everyone here changed in their car before? I've ridden with somebody that we work with presently who has changed clothes while driving his car completely out of a suit and into golf clothes. And is that someone that, possibly a boss of ours? <laughs> I was going to go, does it rhyme with Muzz Madams? No. <laughs> does, does it, it rhyme with Schmatch French Row? I'm yeah. not saying anything else, but no. Uh, <laughs> naked in your car was not the answer. Damn Lisa, no. one more chance. $10,000 on the line. <laughs> Florida pizza guy. Oneself. Florida pizza guy said, told cops he didn't think it was illegal blank in your own car. And you say... Pleasure self. Yay! Hey! Oh, Lisa is you, you not only, today. Yeah, you not only kicked his ass in the Harry Potter quiz, you just won $10,000. Oh, Yay! you know what I'll settle for? That Starbucks that he said he was going to get. Well, do you want to hear the story? No, I want well, Starbucks. Well, you're giving no, me. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Lisa got it right. Uh-huh. Pizza guy told the police he didn't think it was illegal to pleasure yourself in your own car. He's got a point. I mean, yeah. Isn't it your vehicle? Well, here's how what happened. How were his windows? Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday how, night. How private is that? A woman in Fruitland Park, Florida. Fruitland? You lived in Florida. Did you ever hear of Fruitland Park? I don't think I did. She saw a banana a couple pieces. That's what oh. it sounds like. A woman said that. She pulled into a spot next to a 1996 Honda Civic in a convenience store parking lot. She noticed the guy inside the car was uh, going to town on himself. The woman turned out to be an off-duty police officer. So she took down his license plate and called the on-duty cops, and they tracked down 22-year-old Stephen Donovan at his house. He admitted that he was doing what the off-duty officer claimed he was doing, but defended himself by saying that he thought it was legal to pleasure yourself in your own car. Apparently, guys, 
It is not. He said it was my own car. As the police were arresting him, Mr. Donovan apologized to his girlfriend and told her that he was... <laughs> uh, he told his girlfriend he was sorry, but that he was horny and was watching porn after his shift as a deliver- pizza delivery <laughs> oh my guy. Gosh. You think he watches those pizza delivery pornos where the guy sticks it through the box? <laughs> That's why he became a pizza delivery guy. <laughs> right. He's like, hey, this isn't like the porno. Uh, but it's all fake. his reasoning to the police was he did not know it was illegal against the law to pleasure yourself. He's been charged with misdemeanor. It's not in the Wesley Willis song. It's against the law. It's it doesn't... against the law. Don't pleasure yourself in your 1996 Don't Honda Civic. <laughs> After your shift. <laughs> well, Mr. Donovan, the pizza guy, has been charged with misdemeanor exposure of sexual organs. I would kind of take that as an insult that it was just a misdemeanor. Come on, mm-hmm. guys. This ought to be a Class C felony at least. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, take a quick look at our Mo Show calendar, Daily Almanac of Events. All right. <laughs> Let's do the uh, Mo Show calendar. Today's National Avocado Day, which I was confused by. I thought I heard in the late night roundup they were saying yesterday was Avocado Day, but I'm, mm. my calendar says that today is National Avocado Day. It's also Avocado. It's also National Mixed Breed Canine Day, which is a fancy way of saying mutt. Yeah, it's National Mutt Day today. It's also Uncommon Instruments Awareness Day. Interesting. What is your favorite uncommon instrument? Well, I saw on eBay uh, a few (laughs) weeks ago, somebody was selling a theremin for under... nice! For under $200, (gasps) and I seriously thought about getting a theremin. Why didn't you? I don't know. Like... I don't think you even have to learn how to play a theremin. Yeah. Brandon, can you find what a theremin sounds like? How do you even spell that theremin? It's that. like theraflu. It's how they make the noise in old, scary movies. Mm -hmm. I found somebody using one. All right. Do you know how much fun we would have had with that? Yeah. I don't know how to spell that, and I keep getting all these different medications instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought I, I want to learn how to play the theraflu. <laughs> A lot of uh, celebrities are on our birthday list today. Rico Rodriguez, who played Manny on Modern Family. Oh, okay. how old is he? Like twenty-five now? Twenty-two Jeez. now. Wow. Wow. But. He got a lot of like full body hugs from Sofia Vergara, so I'm jealous of that little dude. <laughs> Ralph in the Facebook chat is reminding us it's also Harry Potter's birthday. We're well aware of that because oh, yeah. Lisa Woo! totally dominated the Harry Potter quiz. Yes, she did. You might say she pwned that quiz. She did. From Avenged Sevenfold, M. Shadows lead singer is 39. Real name Matt Sanders. Uh, so happy birthday to the lead singer of Avenged Sevenfold. Nice. One of the stars of The Office, also one of the writers of The Office, B.J. Novak, who played Ryan, is 41 today. He was kind of the driving force behind it, wasn't he? Yeah, him and Mindy. Yeah. Mindy Kelly. Which I'm really hoping he is the dad of her child. In real life? Yeah. 
Could he be? Could possibly. They they're all yes, yeah, they okay. were a real couple, and they're always together. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> former <laughs> uh, former Superman Dean Kane is fifty four today, and Ripley's oh, believe it or not, hell yeah, and Bigfoot Hunter, yeah, dude, my buddy was on that show, and Trumper, no, oh, what, just me. Is is Dean Kane a Trumper? Isn't he? Like he's a huge Trumper, I thought. I think you're thinking of Herman Cain. No, Gene Cain on one on why Hollywood is against Donald Trump and yeah. J.K. Rowling, who created Harry Potter and is a billionaire, is 55 today. You know, when we get some more time, like she she's getting attacked uh, mm-hmm. because she'll post things that are are characterized as being transphobic and I, I I just see that pop up all the time is like oh JK Rowling's transphobic but is she I mean what does she say that's so transphobic but JK Rowling is 55 today Wesley Snipes who was Blade uh, Willie Mays Hayes and Willie Mays Hayes in Major League is 58 today I'm not supposed to hit the ball if I can't lift my arms Dallas Mavericks owner and one of the Sharks, Mark Cuban, is yeah, 62 today. We've gotten addicted to watching uh, the Sharks. Shark Tank, yeah. Who's your favorite shark? It might be Mark. I, you yeah. know, I, kinda, I enjoy watching him. I like Kevin. I may be one of the very few that Kevin is my favorite shark. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful? <laughs> yeah. Um, former drummer for REM, Bill Berry, is 62. He quit uh, REM in 1997 after uh, brain aneurysm. And uh, as we mentioned, today is national. I mean, there's a there's a more official title for it, but it's it, really it's National Mutt Day. So, um, have you ever owned anything that that wasn't a mutt? Yes. Like, have you, you, what have you owned that's like a Samoyeds. Pure... Samoans? Those are Samoyed. people. Samoyed. <laughs> uh, yes, I've had a, a thing called a pug. I don't know if you know this. He's at my house right now. And he's a full-bred uh, pug? He, have you seen that? Oh, he has oh the ideal God. double corkscrew tail, which is uh, very sought after in the pug community. He's also a fawn, technically an apricot. Well, I once got... What, we need what? to get a, a pug wine opener. <laughs> I got what I was told was a purebred Sharpay, and he was real wrinkly and cute until he hit about four months old, and then all the wrinkles disappeared, and it was just like, no, he's a mutt. And I got taken for a ride. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We've got more news headlines, but Art is back, and Art uh, called in to explain why Pelosi wouldn't be president in January. If the elections were postponed, and I hadn't heard this until Brandon mentioned it a few months ago, but... Wow. A few months ago. A few minutes ago. A few minutes ago. I only brought it up because I was happened to be scrolling through Facebook, and I've, I've seen people post Say, oh, you know who's like, going to become president? Yeah, if it's they, like, hey, yeah. if you want to postpone it, this is going to be who's going to go the president. But like, I thought she was third in line. I thought that's the way it went. Well, have Pre- Art explained. Art, I thought it went president, vice president... Speaker of the House. Uh, you are correct, sir. Uh, oh, but the reason why uh, the reason why, by the way this is the reason why she wouldn't be uh, president is because she's a member of the House, 
and members of the House are up for re-election every two years. So she's actually up for re-election this year. All right, well, let's assume she won her election. Would, would that well, not the elections are postponed? Oh, they would be yeah. all postponed. Right, and, and Brandon is right. If the, the election has to be certified, and if it hasn't been certified yet, then, yeah, technically she's out of all 435 members of the House of Representatives uh, are out of their seats until it's been certified. Well, But, yeah, but, she's but, up for re-election. Yeah. She's up for re-election this year. Is every congressperson up for re-election this year, or do some of them do it on, on different years? All, all 435 uh, members of con- members of the House of Representatives are up for re-election every two years. Senators, they're up for re-election every six years, and they're only a third of the Senate seats are up for re-election every uh, two years. So who but would be the ranking Senate member? The ranking Senate member right now is, uh, well, it's the president pro tempore of the Senate, who I forget his name, uh, Brandon, who mentioned Is it, it Chuck Grassley? Yes. Iowa. So, so he would be, uh, he would be the, uh, he would be the, the president, uh, I guess, uh, technically the interim president until this, uh, the election, until the election is certified. This dude's almost 90 years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, once, once the election is certified, then, uh, Biden or Trump will be president, but it's, there's a, they're usually certified in December anyway, and they're not gonna like nobody, not even on the Republican side, is saying that there's any credibility to this, or that you know that it's right. constitutional, or that the right. that any president would have the ability to do this. So n- nobody is giving it any credibility. So we we probably don't have to worry about that scenario. No, it's, I, I I'm not too worried about it myself. We shouldn't be too worried about it. It's, uh, you know, we could you have. be worried about it from the aspect of a sitting president is suggesting something so wacky and so unconstitutional? I mean, uh, that that I don't know. All I know is that um, once the election is certified, whoever wins, if if Trump loses, then he has to leave, and they may have to, you know, call the local. PD and have him evicted. Well, from pe- the White House. people, I've know. seen people saying, "Oh, will you assume he he'll dispute the results of the election?" And I say, "He disputed the results of the election. He won. He mm-hmm. beat Hillary, and he right. still had a problem. You know, he went on right. for months and months about how the count, you know, didn't it's go in his favor. Set up for an eventual so. loss. So if you don't think Trump right. will will uh, raise a ruckus if he loses, think about a ruckus he rose when he won right. his my, seat. Well, well, my biggest concern is that knowing Trump, if he loses, that he may, he has a lot of support, you know, and he may say, you know, we need to, you know, rise up and do something to... All it would take is a tweet, you know? Exactly. You would think, okay, yeah, well, to out there. to cause a civil war, it would take a lot of... Uh, no, all it would take is a tweet, and you would have plenty of people out there. You'd have your QAnons, you'd have your Boogaloo boys, you'd have a lot of people... Who would do what their what their leader says? Right. What? No, but anyway, that's my biggest concern. <laughs> All right, Art. Well, thanks for straightening it out. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate it, buddy. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I don't know what's going on, but but there was a blip in my computer earlier, and it you know it would be one thing if it deleted Dude, everything, but it only deleted it. certain things. Yeah, maybe Did I need. You, you have like twenty tabs open. Maybe you need to restart. I have something. same. I have that many tabs open every morning. Yeah, but it's been a while. Yeah, as soon as the show's over, I'll do that. Thank you. It's a good suggestion. <laughs> You're sassy today. <laughs> Why are you so salty? Well, well, really first are. of all, it's stressful. But my computer blipped, and I had to deal with all this. Yeah, stuff. my computer just blipped too. Mine's a black screen I'm dealing with right now. And what do so, I do? So yeah, that, that tends it. to put me a little bit on edge. 
I, I'm just rolling with it, you know? Apparently, my computer's a Dell. That's what's in front of me right now. Here, I want to run some uh, shows by you that are overrated according to... This is one of those things where they looked at all the different states and said, what what TV shows considered overrated the most mm-hmm. by region? So, uh, I want to name some of these shows. You tell me if you think they're overrated. Parks and Recreation. Lisa, I know you just started watching that not too long ago. It. Is it overrated? No, it's totally worth it. No, I thought it's underrated. And if, if I was anything. Say, and if anybody could say it's overrated, it would be Lisa because all three of us we're telling her how Tell, great it was. Exactly. And, and that can be one of those things that if you oversell it to somebody, it can, you know, it, they maybe not meet that expectation. But uh, And, and I good. tried. I tried and I didn't like it for years. And then finally, you know, start on season three. And I did. And yeah. then I even watched seasons one and two. They did this Because through- you want to go back, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, have you watched any of the outtakes? Some of them, yeah, because I love watching those videos online where they're like, "You are April Ludgate." Yeah, go and watch, go watch a lot of the Chris Pratt outtakes. Yeah, the Chris Pratt from the Parks Star and Rec. Hilarious. The comeback story one. Have you Leslie, seen that? I just love that. Leslie, I looked up your symptoms. <laughs> it says here you may have network connectivity problems. <laughs> I think Andy Dwyer is much closer to Chris Pratt's real personality than Star Lord or any other role he's ever played. Yeah. I mean, his, his, his role in Star-Lord, I think it's more cocky. And I don't see Chris Pratt as being that. I see him being more goofy and, and just genuinely funny. But if you haven't, go, go watch the outtakes with him because he's hilarious. They looked at Google Trends uh, to answer this question. What shows do you think are overrated? In all 50 states, the number one answer was one of nine different answers hmm. or, or shows. So lots of overlap. Uh, but in as far as Parks and Recreation, the states that thought that was the most overrated show are... Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got to love it in Indiana, right? I don't know. That doesn't really make Indi- right. uh, Indianan citizens look Well, it doesn't make Pawnee citizens look yeah. great. By the way... Uh, Old Navy has a Pawnee, Indiana t-shirt you can buy. I'm in. The states that uh, thought Parks and Recreation was overrated were Colorado, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, New Mexico, Ohio, Oregon, and Rhode Island. Mexico. All right. Just let me hear from you if you agree with this statement. The Simpsons is overrated. Uh, they're really hanging on to the first few seasons that were just brilliant work. And it, I mean, it's still well, the bar is enjoyable, yeah. but it's not anywhere near what it was, man. When Conan was a writer, it was when it was hands down the best. Yeah, but that was such a high level. You know, those first few seasons of The Simpsons were just so good. Um, I could see making the case that Simpsons is overrated. They've certainly had... You know, seasons that are better than others. Mm-hmm. But here are the states that would say Simpsons is overrated. I didn't. You guys not have an opinion on Simpsons? I don't. You know what? I no, haven't watched really Simpsons in about a decade. Mm-hmm. I, See, I just tried to I hear watch a lot of people recently, say that. and it's just the. Yeah, I haven't watched it. You know since what? You, high school. Or one thing school. I've noticed about Simpsons: it used to be you look forward to the Treehouse of Horror every year. Yeah. And now it's like every year the Treehouse of the Horror is. Is the weakest one mm-hmm. really? Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so, that was the one I looked forward to. And even when I didn't watch The Simpsons, like Halloween, I'd be like, "Oh, Tree has a horror. I got to watch this." 
Well, Simpsons was put in the number one spot as being overrated by seven states, Idaho, Mississippi, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Utah, and West Virginia. Big Bang Theory. I don't... You know what? I like it. My opinion of Big Bang Theory isn't even that it's overrated. The fact it's rated? Buzz thinks it's terrible, yeah. Yeah, A little under your skin? Yeah, it's just a terrible show. I mean, I think it's... I, I don't show. think it's funny. I I don't get what people. So yeah, I guess I'm technically I would say it's, it. I would say it's overrated. Brandon, Big Bang Theory. I've enjoyed it, but I would say that it's overrated in the sense. Uh, but the, I mean, I don't know. I, there there's there's a lot of funny stuff in it that I have found, but I think in general I, I would say yes, overrated. Delaware, Iowa, Maryland, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Vermont, and Wisconsin all had Big Bang Theory as the number one most overrated show. Walking Dead. I can't say th- on on this one specifically because I haven't watched it recently. You say that it's really picked up the past couple of seasons. I'm willing to take your word for it, but I don't know if I have the time to c- try to catch back up. Yeah. Again. Oh, I mean, if you really wanted back in, I think you could just watch the the last season and get back into it. But I'm not going to have these moments of, who the hell's that guy? Who the hell's that guy? Where's yeah. Rick? Where are they? Are they still in Georgia? God, you know, I don't even know what state they're in. I, it's <laughs> not, it doesn't matter. But seven states said Walking Dead was the most overrated, and those are Alabama, Alaska, California, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, and Texas. There you go. Rick and Morty. No. Rick yep. and Morty is not overrated at Seven all. Seven states said that Rick and Morty is overrated. Most I feel like Rick and Morty suck. is a real, still a real under the radar show. I mean, there's a lot of merchandise and T-shirts and hot topic and stuff like that, but I don't know a lot of people that have ever seen a Rick and Morty. A few. But here are the seven states that said Rick and Morty was most overrated. Arizona, Arkansas, Maine, Massachusetts, Montana, Nevada, and Wyoming. Uh, Game of Thrones. I would agree yeah. that it's actually overrated, yes. Because of the, the final season. couple of seasons, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. specifically the last season, even more specific than that, the last episode yeah. or two. Yeah. Well, the states that think Game of Thrones is overrated, Florida, Kentucky, New York, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Uh, friends, four states say it's overrated, Georgia, Indiana, South Dakota, and Washington. I'm going to say I agree. I think it's a little overrated. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't agree with that one. I I thoroughly enjoy friends four states say the office is overrated louisiana no. michigan pennsylvania and virginia say it's the office and south carolina is the only state that has one all to their own mm. south carolina is the only state where people think breaking bad is the show that's mm. way way overrated. overrated but i could see why some of these people would consider overrated because they're the shows that everybody talks about or everybody references and maybe you enjoy the show but you don't get what the big hoopla is about, like how these shows almost run people's lives. You know what I mean? Well, I think in South Carolina, the main thinking is that's not what meth looks like. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody would know, probably. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Let's go ahead and get into our entertainment news. Joanna Barba is ready to bring us all the latest from Hollywood, music, 
television and around the world of entertainment. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Well, we learned earlier this week about claims that Ellen DeGeneres and her staff don't live by her daytime talk show's Be Kind message. As the Ellen show gets probed for workplace misconduct over its reportedly toxic environment, Ellen herself has officially apologized to her staff. In a letter in in a letter. In the note, Ellen says that she's always wanted The Ellen Show to be a place of happiness, a place where no one raises their voice and everyone is treated with respect. But based on the stories her current and former staffers have been coming forward with, she sees that something has changed and for that she's sorry and disappointed. Ellen admits that as the show has grown, she hasn't been able to always stay on top of everything. She says that she's had to rely on others to do their jobs right, and she sees that clearly some didn't. From now on, she's pledged to be committed to ensuring that this does not happen again. For the first time ever, oh, the Oprah magazine will not feature Oprah Winfrey on its cover. Instead, the publication's namesake has given that honor for the September issue, to Brianna Taylor. Winfrey writes of the Louisville, Kentucky police shooting on March 13th that resulted in Taylor's death at the age of 26 that imagine if three unidentified men burst into your home while you were sleeping, your partner fired a gun to protect you, and then mayhem. What I know for sure, we can't be silent, Oprah says. Winfrey also shares details of her recent chat with Taylor's mother, Tamika Palmer, who explains how she is still grappling with her daughter's untimely death. Winfrey notes that the only one only one of the three officers involved in Taylor's death has been dismissed from the police force, while the other two still have their jobs. Though Winfrey has shared the cover of O Magazine with others like her best friend Gail Keane or her A Wrinkle in Time co-stars Mindy Callion and Reese Witherspoon, she has never not appeared on the cover herself. The publication, which launched in April 2000, is set to end its regular monthly print editions with this December's issue after 20 years of publication. Brian Cranston is loudly asking the public to take the COVID-19 pandemic seriously after disclosing his personal battle with the virus. The Breaking, ba- the Breaking Bad star revealed on Thursday that even though he abided by all the pro- proper social distancing guidelines, he still caught the novel coronavirus. Thankfully, the 64-year-old actor admitted that he was one of the lucky ones because he suffered from mild symptoms. And there were a couple of uh, cute celebrity kid uh, videos. Alanis Morissette. Are you ready to do that? Yeah. Alanis Morissette was on The Tonight Show, and she was doing a song, uh, Ablaze, remotely from her home. And her daughter, who I would guess maybe three or four, uh, kept interrupting her. (laughs) 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 Pretty adorable. Oh, that's cute. Lannis Morissette's ninth album is out today. Such Pretty Forks in the Road is the name of that. And uh, we got John Stamos here who shared this on Instagram. He's taken his uh, two-year-old to bed, and I guess it's a ritual. The two-year-old wants to kiss the collectible Beatles bobbleheads. Good night every night. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Uh, Dr. Fauci had some uh, further, I don't know if... I would go so far as to call this a recommendation because Dr. Fauci's like, you know, really, if you were, if you wanted to be really, really safe, you'd do this. And uh, then he mentions what he thinks a good idea would be. Let me just try and recap. Yesterday was uh, a big day for a lot of crazy stuff happening. Uh, The president tweeted that we should postpone the elections. 
because of the pandemic or he said it'd be, you know, it's kind of interesting. He said it was because Democrats want to have uh, mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. Would you care to guess who who's used mail-in ballots like almost every time he's ever voted? He did. Yeah. Trump, of course. Uh, Kaylee McElnaney, his uh, press secretary. Most of the people in his administration. In his tweet, he said that mail-in ballots are bad. Absentee absentee voting is good. So I guess I extrapolate from that that absentee ballot mean mail-in voting for rich people? Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what's what's the what difference the, between absentee yeah, ballot and I, I mail-in ballot? Because he said in his tweet, uh, mail-in ballots bad, absentee ballots good. And, I mean, unless somebody could explain it to me, the only difference seems to be, well, it's good when I do it, but it's bad when people that I don't like do it. Also, if the Democrats came out and said, you know what, we're not going to have we're not going to ask for mail-in voting, even though we're in the middle of this pandemic, and it's definitely going to affect uh, people on the lower end of the economic spectrum more. We'll give in. What I he would definitely still want to postpone the election. It's all. What I don't understand, though, is if it's so dangerous for you to do mail-in ballots, why are kids super down to go to school then? Like, why are you cool with kids going to school then? Because of their strong immune systems. Uh, well, I think his position is that if you do mail-in ballots, it's going to be like widespread that that people are using it for voter fraud. And I think they've done a lot of studies and not just, you know, CNN or whatever you think the liberal uh, establishment is, but places like the uh, the Cato Institute, which is a, a libertarian think tank. They, Me and my Cato Kalen? <laughs> no, the Cato Institute <laughs> is a libertarian conservative uh, think tank. And I can't find anything that suggests that that it would be as much of a problem as, you know, he suggests anyway. I actually did an article about this. It's up at buzzadamshow.com. And there is no evidence that... There, it, there's any issue with mail-in voting or absentee voting or anything. There's been zero proof. Says who? Let, let Says me tell you the kind the of... Brennan Center for Justice at New York University. And it was also uh, from the Brookings Institute, which is a nonprofit public policy organization. Cheap. I don't know. Let, let me give you an example without naming any names, but it's the like voter fraud that I have first-hand experience like uh, it's a voter fraud that i know definitely does happen so let's say uh somebody is an adult and they're severely uh either mentally disabled or physically disabled in a way that that they can't really do things for themselves well they get a mail-in ballot and their caretakers or their parents fill it out uh for them i definitely know this happens and the case that I know about it in, I definitely know they voted for Trump in 2016. I mean, just on a personal level, I know this. You know, there are some people who get uh, mail-in ballots because of a disability or whatever, but some people are so disabled that just whoever's taking care of them, whether it's a family member or, or anything else, mm-hmm. might fill the thing in for them. 
you know, it's like, oh, well, it's here. I'm going to fill it out because you do everything, you know, mm-hmm. you give them their food, you wipe their ass, you do everything else. The one example that I personally have knowledge of, I know was a Trump vote, <laughs> you know, but that's an example. I've never mail in voted before, so I don't really know how it works. But I think everybody roundly is on the same side that no, there's no way the president could could do this. Yeah, I've done the mail in. It's easy. You go drop it off at one of the um, one of the the, the, the big bins. It's like, it looks like a mailbox, but it's specifically for the ballots. Yeah, I don't I don't know enough about it to know how much voter fraud actually goes on. I mean, but after the 2016, you remember Trump was still sore that Hillary won the popular in 2016. Mm-hmm. Remember? And that was a thing. He was really beating that drum in 2017 after he was sworn in. He had a commission that was going to go investigate the voter fraud in the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. Do you know whatever came of that? Nothing. Well, they didn't find anything and they dropped it. Well, in fact, they found some cases where there was some voter fraud manipulation going on, but there were more cases of it on the Republican side than the Democratic side, so they, you know, they dropped it. Yeah. So yeah. this article I put up at BuzzAdamsShow.com it says here, according to the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University, there is no evidence that mail balloting increases electoral fraud as there are several anti-fraud protections built into the process designed to make it difficult to impersonate voters or steal ballots. These provisions include requiring people requesting absentee ballots to be registered voters, mailing ballots to the official address listed on voter registration cards, requiring voter signatures on the external envelope, and having election authorities make sure the ballot came from the address of an actual voter. If a ballot appears questionable, some states use a signature matching technique to verify the signature of the voter. So there's things in place to make sure that there is no fraud. Even with all that said, the scenario that I could see is, for instance, if you had an elderly parent with Alzheimer's who just, you know, or somebody who's at such an advanced age, they didn't do anything for themselves. And so somebody else fills it out and sends it under their name. I could see something like that happening. But since those kind of conditions are things that affect you regardless of political party, I think that kind of voter fraud, which probably does exist, it probably doesn't get reported, probably balances out. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not just like Republicans. It's not just one side that would could potentially do that. Yeah, but that's one. You know, if it goes in the mail and it's to your 101-year-old Nana and she's not really, you know, capable of, of doing anything... And you just say, you know what, I'm going to fill it out. Here's how I think she would vote. Technically, I guess that's voter fraud, right? And the same thing goes if you have, you know, somebody living at home who's on the rolls and and maybe they're in a coma or semi-coma and that gets done. So I, I imagine that probably happens, but I don't think it's one side or the other that probably does that more. Herman Cain passed away yesterday, and I... I have no proof of this. I say this completely without any uh, proof to offer. But I think it's possible that Trump tweeted the thing out about postponing the elections because he saw that they came and told him, Sir Herman Cain passed away. That's what he said. Uh, we're pretty sure he got the COVID-19 at your uh, rally in Tulsa because that was he was diagnosed days after that rally 
in Tulsa. Uh, Herman Cain is the former CEO of Godfather's Pizza who ran for president at least once. I think he ran in uh, 2012. He may have also ran in 2006, 2008, excuse me. But uh, Herman Cain had, you know, first of all, I'm disappointed that anybody in his family, knowing that he had battled cancer within the past 10 years and was at an advanced age, that, that they let him go to the rally and not wear a mask and be around so many people. But... Yeah, except they've got plenty of pictures from that event of Herman Cain. He's surrounded by people who are definitely not six feet away, and none of them are wearing a mask. So, I mean, even though Herman Cain said that, uh, the facts show otherwise. And one thing that is true is they probably never prove where he initially got COVID-19, but there's a really good chance that it was at that Trump rally. And I could see the president maybe wanting to get ahead of that report. And putting out this thing, hey, what's the craziest thing I can say right now? And let's postpone elections. Hi, J.D. Hey, how you doing? Doing good, J.D. What's up? Hey, I was just listening to the to the voter thing. As a, as a former absentee voter, uh, because of being stationed overseas and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, I can see how the absentee voter system is much more uh, maintainable, sustainable, if you will because of the fact that there's so few people relative to the general population that are receiving an absentee ballot. I don't know. I'm hearing from a lot of if people. If you move over to the mail, the just general election mail-out ballots to everybody, you're definitely going to have people going around stealing those things. And then all they got to do is mail them back from the same zip code. You put them in a local mailbox and, uh, you know, you sign it the best you can on the outside or whatever and, you know, they're not going to be able to check uh, the population of America for signatures. I mean, do they require something like your social security number or some other kind of identifying information when you fill them out and send them in? Because yeah. if I just went around a neighborhood yeah, stealing like stuff out of a... Out. Yeah. Well, if I went around a neighborhood just stealing these things from people's mailboxes and I have to fill out, like, their information that, you know, presumably I wouldn't know, like, their social security number, that seems like a safeguard, right? That's definitely one way, but I mean, taking the ballot itself is another way of suppressing certain voter types. You look at the certain demographics of voters, you look at uh, signage, you look at flags that people are flying over their house, near their house, bumper stickers, uh, different methods of social engineering, you know, what else is in the mailbox, and, you know, you can get a good idea of what people are and then you know if you're if you're organized the way that some of these protests are clearly organized by some some fairly you know sophisticated persons you could have people I, going around listen. you know posing as uh, voter interviewers you know going around talking to people with a clipboard in their hand dressed nicely you know I and, agree uh, some of these organizations JD we're 100% in agreement some of these organizations that would like to manipulate the election are definitely well organized. The Russians, for example, under Vladimir Putin going out and trying to do all sorts of things. I, I agree. I could see them maybe having some kind of program where they went out and manipulated the uh, the mail-in ballots. So I guess we agree yeah, on that. On either, on either side, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm okay. not viewing this from one side or the other. I'm just saying that we're overlooking... Uh, some some definite drawbacks to a mail-in general election for uh, every wh- single person. 
Real quick, what was the reason that Donald Trump has mail-in uh, or absentee voted in almost every election? It wasn't because he was in the military, though, was it? Not to my knowledge. I mean, I know he has a, a vast enterprise. I, you know, from what I understand, I, I'm not a right. So I'm soldiers, not a Trump follower, <laughs> soldiers, astronauts, and really rich guys should be able to absentee vote. Well, I mean, there's other, you know, I mean, people, Doctors Without Borders, you have people, you know, going and volunteering for the Red Cross, you know, UNICEF, so on and so forth, that, that are, you know, away and traveling and volunteering around the globe. Um, there's people that go away for school and study in, you know, England, Japan, China, wherever the heck it is that they yeah. feel like going to school. And those students, uh, 18 and older, are entitled to vote in their home state, you know, vote for state, local elections by absentee ballot and so on. Oh, by the way, I looked it up real quick. Trump was not in the military any of the years that he voted absentee ballot. All right. Thank you, J.D., for the call. I appreciate it. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right. We're into the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show. This is the El Paso hour. It's the El Paso hour, not exclusive to El Paso but only heard on KLAQ. We have uh, Christina Lamore, who is the VP of Community Impact at United Way, who joins us now. Good morning, Christina. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. We talked to uh, Mayor DeMargo, and he had uh, you know, told us a lot of different ways that we're going to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the Walmart shooting, which is coming up Monday will have been one year and he also uh, said we should really talk to somebody from United Way about some of the stuff that's going on that there was one organization if anybody can recall what it was from yesterday uh, like helping people cope with trauma and the mayor had singled that out as like the number one uh, thing that he would like to promote like if he could promote one thing on this one year anniversary he said it was the uh, I want to get the right name of it do you know what I'm describing Christina, is it is it the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center? It's the Family Resiliency Center. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, yeah of course. So that is a program of the United Way here in El Paso, um, and it was established um, in the wake of August third to be the long term recovery for the community. And really, it's all about um, connecting people with resources, mental health resources, basic needs, different types of non traditional therapies. Um, in terms of recovering from trauma and healing from from traumatic events, um, and it's really it's, it's all geared towards anybody who who was impacted by August third. Now, would that include like first responders who might have been impacted? Uh, I guess, you know, probably families of people who who were who were killed or injured. Would that also be you know people who were uh, you know might not have that direct of a connection, but they were still you know impacted by what had happened. Yeah, correct. So um, at the Resiliency Center, we have a very broad definition of, of what we consider people who were impacted. So we, we recognize that the entire El Paso and really borderlands community were affected uh, in some way or another. So um, our, our definition is if, if an individual can tie their need back to August 3rd in some way, then we're able to serve them. So that includes family members, uh, first responders, volunteers, medical professionals, um, really, really anybody who, who was impacted in some way. All right. What is the best way that people could support uh, that? Not, o- not only that, but the United Way in general. Like if people were listening, it's like, I want to, you know, what could I do that would be the most impactful or helpful 
Uh, yeah. and, I to, and I want to do it, you know, because the anniversary is coming up and I just want to make sure that I do the the thing that is going to have the, the most far ranging impact. Well, you know, of course, um, there's al- there's always ways to, to give back and to help out. Um, volunteering these days is a little hard. Typically, we, we ask people to volunteer and give back in terms of their time. But because of social distancing restrictions, that can get a little tricky. Um, one thing that we are asking the entire community to do is just be an advocate for the work that is going on um, and to look out for signs of trauma in their family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, um, and then, you know, be able to provide information to them um, refer them back to the Family Resiliency Center so that we can get them involved with the the services that are available. We're talking to Christina Lamour, who's the VP of Community Impact uh, for United Way. And what are some of the ways that people are marking this? we, We talked to the mayor yesterday and we'd said, you know, minus the pandemic, there would be some great coming together in El Paso, you know, of gathering. But, you know, unfortunately, we can't do that. You know, we can't fill out yeah. the Southwest University Park or the downtown area. It's just not, you know, it's not possible to do that. So what are some of the ways that people can can mark the one year anniversary of this tragedy? Um, any any information you can give us about that? Yeah, for sure. So there's a lot going on, um, things that are already happening now, things that are happening this weekend and, and into next week. Um, all of that information is compiled and can be found on our website, alpasounited.org slash love for El Paso. But some of the biggest things that are happening um, this upcoming weekend, Sunday and Monday evening at Escarate Park, we are hosting a drive through Luminaria event, um, which will also feature local musicians, local artists. And it really, like you mentioned, um, People want to come together at this time. They want to show their support and unity as a community. But with social distancing, we had to figure out how to do that safely. And so at a drive-through event, we figured people could still see other cars and they could still see people coming together and doing the same thing, but they would be safe in their own environment inside of their vehicles. So that's what is planned for Sunday and Monday evening from 830 to 11. Um, and then even on Monday evening, we are asking the community to come together and to light luminarias at their doorstep or in their driveway, recognizing that we can't all be in one place at one time um, and that some folks would rather stay home, but they still want to to participate in what's going on. So that's the biggest thing that's happening. Um, And of course, there's lots of other things on that website, um, different opportunities for people to get involved. Just so people know, too, uh, I know that you are giving luminarias to members of the community. So do you want to maybe highlight some of the different locations that you're going to be doing that? So if people do want to uh, get one of the luminaria kits, I know that you have some of those around town. Am I correct? Yes, that is correct. So most of our luminarias have been distributed to different places around town. I know the neighborhood associations are giving them out to, to their members. Um, we have some of our businesses. And then anybody who, who is not getting them from, from their neighborhood can visit one of the YMCA locations. There's a location on the west side, northeast, and then the east side. Um, and they are giving them out to, to any community member who walks up and who requests one. And are those to be returned, or they're they're those they're to keep? Oh no, those are to keep for sure. All right, um, Lisa. Any anything else? I know you written articles about other stuff that's going on. Anything uh, you want to bring up, and also that Christina could 
could give us more information about if we need it? Uh, yeah, I did see that on the, the Museum of History was going to be having an event where they're going to be displaying uh, some of the uh, mementos, I guess, that were left behind at the memorial. Uh, is that still open? Because I know it was supposed to have, be last night. Is that all weekend or was that just uh, yesterday? Yeah, that should be open for a while. I'm not sure okay. that there is a closed date on that. I, I would like to make a donation to United Way. How would you, uh, you know, what is the United Way's fundraising and, and how do you do that? Yeah, for sure. So um, you people are, are more than welcome to make donations on our website. Um, and, and that can be found at alpasounited.org. Um, and, and through there, you know, it's just a simple, a simple donation. We do have a separate fund um, for people who were impacted by August 3rd and for the work that's going on just to fill some of the gaps um, that is not able to be covered by grant resources. So if, if people want it to be directed um, specifically for that, that is an option. Um, or, you know, just giving directly to the United Way for general is also also a great way to go. Now, how do you do that, giving to the United Way for general? Do you also do that through the website? Yes, through the website. So if there's anything specific that you want your donation to go towards, you just note that in the donation. Um, but otherwise, um, all, all donations will, will go back to the community to support the services that we provide. And, uh, well, how, how are you with cash? Are you, are you just flush with cash? I can't imagine that you would be. Well, nonprofits these days, I think, are all, all trying to make ends meet. I will say for the Family Resiliency Center itself, it is a grant-funded program. Um, so, you know, that that is secure for the next, at least the next year. Um, and, and all the services that we're providing through there um, should be should be secure for the next year to three years. I was thinking maybe starting a challenge, you know, like like saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to donate. And if anybody else wants to do it, you know, let me know. Like send me a you get send me a blurred out copy of your receipt from the website or something. Is there any other organization that I should do it with other than the United Way? I mean, if you guys uh, is there anybody else you would recommend that we do that with? Oh, well, you know, I think the United Way is your best choice if I had to speak from her. And also, do I, have, um, do I have your permission to put some kind of challenge out there like that? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Uh, all right. We, we, are, we are working with a lot of different um, contractors, um, and so some of, some of the funding is funneled that way as well. Um, so, you know, different partners may benefit in the community as well. Yeah, I haven't really thought this out, but I, I, I want to do it today before the end of the show because by Monday, you know, it'll give everybody over the weekend. But I'm thinking, you know, I'll make a donation. Let's make it something uh, that people can get behind. And, and then if people want to send in, you know, like an image of your you, – you get a receipt online, right, for tax purposes mm-hmm. when you donate. If, if somebody wants to send that in, you know, I could just – Maybe just read out names and thank yous for for donating to the United Way. That sounds amazing. Well, if it sounds good, I I mean, I was sounding it out of my head, and I thought, oh, okay, well, I wonder if this is a good idea. I'm going to ask Christina if it is or not. (laughs) Hey, I'm not going to say no. All right. Uh, Very good. Well, thank you, Christina, for taking some time with us. Is there there one parting message you'd like to get out about uh, United Way and about, you know, specifically the one-year anniversary? You know, I think it's really just um, if anybody needs resources related to August 3rd or anything in general, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, We're here to help, and we we do have services available. Yeah, there's kind of, uh, and there shouldn't be, in no way should there be a stigma to anybody, but 
uh, you know, seeking help from a resource center or or seeking to talk to somebody, um, you know, people who are affected by this should not hesitate uh, to reach out to you. Yeah, for sure. All right, Elizabeth, thank, uh, excuse me, uh, Christina, thank you for your time. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you so okay. much. Right. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. So what do you guys think? You know, maybe I make a donation. It's like, hey, if anybody wants to, I, I don't know if I should make it like if you want to match it or if you give anything, but, you know, throws, uh, kind of get a challenge going on toward uh, United Way. There you go. For the one-year anniversary. I think it'd be good. What what do you think? I think is I think just make a donation. I think yeah, make a donation. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really great different things they're doing. Um, August third, the city has announced it is Act of Kindness Day too. So they're asking people just do something nice, uh, whether it be leave a water bottle out for your mail guy because it's going to be hot that day, or pay it forward at the you know the Starbucks line and you know follow through if you were going to be you know helping someone out with that. Uh, or it could be just or bring in the trash cans for your elderly neighbor. They're saying whatever. So many different acts of kindness you can exactly. do. Exactly. And they're like, you could do big ones, you could do small ones. Whatever you're comfortable with, whatever floats your boat. So I, there's a lot of really good events they're doing. And if you're not uh, that comfortable with going out in public and you're still trying to social distance, that's that's okay, too. They have virtual events they're going to be having as well. So you can find those. We have them up at our website as well. I, all right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go over. I'm going to make a donation to United Way of El Paso. Uh, but I'm not going to put a dot. Like, I'm not going to include the dollar amount because I don't want people thinking, oh, it's going to be this amount or it's not good enough. Like, anything you can uh, donate that will have met the challenge, you know, just let us know about it. And maybe we could, uh, run down a list of people who, uh, gave back to the United way. Like you say, a lot of the contractors, different things. So it, it could be dispersed around depending on the need. But if I do that and, uh, can get it done here in the commercial, you know, let's get a little challenge going, uh, pull out the old, uh, checkbook and get on the, or get on the website and use credit card or PayPal, uh, what's the website again? United Way El Paso. The, United, uh, El Paso. Oh. No, 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 no. The El Paso United dot org. Is that the one I go to? I don't know. I don't have a computer. Oh. <laughs> you don't have a computer. No. El Paso it's United been updating for like two hours now. Yeah. All right, El Paso United dot org. I'm going to go over and check it out. Maybe find out where I can get a luminaria. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, we got an update uh, from sports. This having to do with football, and I don't think it involves anybody being diagnosed with COVID-19. No. Uh, so we'll get into that real quick here in just a couple of moments. Also, Dr. Uh, Fauci mentioned almost in an offhand way that we should all be covering our eyes when we go outside, too. So I'll have a little more uh, on that. But the president tweeted out yesterday that we should probably postpone the election because of the mail-in voting, not because of his, uh, you know, failing uh, poll numbers, but because of the mail-in voting. So we have an update uh, on that. What do we? Oh, the announcer lineup. We got that. Yeah, for MNL, Mon- MNF, I guess M-N- Monday Night Football, <laughs> MNL. Uh, yeah, Monday remember, Night Football. They had gotten rid of him, and, and they've been trying for years to get Peyton Manning in the booth. They tried to lure Tony Romo away from CBS. But it looks like this next season they are going with Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick for your Monday Night Football booth. Uh, who's the first guy? Steve Levy. S- who's Steve Levy? 
Um, he, Marv Levy's son? Nah, he's one of those guys that you, if you see him, you would oh, recognize just from him. Sportscast he's been, yeah, and he's stuff. been doing it for ages. Brian Greasy is is that Bob Greasy's son? Mm-hmm. And he was a quarterback of the NFL for a while. He was okay. And the last guy is Lewis Riddick. He has been an NFL. He's um, the Chronicles guy, right? Chronicles Riddick. Didn't not he? the same dude. It's not that guy with the glowy eyes. No, oh, it's right. not Vin Diesel. Okay. Uh, no, he's been with ESPN now for you know a few years uh, doing sport uh, football commentary. So, well, I mean, the, played the, in the NFL. They might do a great job, but it doesn't quite have the star power they were looking for with the Tony Romo or Peyton Manning, right? No, but but then again, they might be just again still kind of holding out. You never know. Wasn't it Drew Brees? Didn't he? Who did he sign with? Because he already... Um, like, he's not even retired. He's already signed to do yeah, he already, commentary. That's uh, NBC. That's right. He signed with NBC already. And it was... Then NBC knew it's kind of a, hey, we're going to sign you to this deal. It's for when you retire. And that's why a lot of people were wondering, because technically Drew Brees is under contract for the next two years. But there was a lot of people who were saying like, oh, well, this contract with NBC now shows that he's only going to play one more year and then he's going to jump ship. But Who would you rank... Your top three analyst, color guys and your top three uh, play-by-play guys that do NFL right now. Because oh. I got Tony Romo at the top of my analyst. I what? like Romo. He does get a little bit too excited for me sometimes. I mean, he's just he, like it's just it's a little too much. He's a, he's a little uh, exuberant sometimes. I'll agree with that. Yeah, I'm trying. Man, I'm trying to think of who it is that, that people is hate. Still Joe out Buck. There. I kind of like Joe Buck. I mean, I think he might make my top three as far as play-by-play guys goes. I don't mind him. I think he's he's kind of good. I do hear all the time. Aikman. I like Aikman too. I really like Troy Aikman. Yeah. Um, I, I hear all the time. This comes from my uncle, who's a Red Sox fan, and this is more with Joe Buck. And it's always you know, it, he's you can tell he's such a Yankee fan. He loves the Yankees. Uh, you know, how can all he does is bash the Red Sox, and then I watch the broadcast, and I'm like, no, he doesn't. Yeah, you can't tell. Like, you're just, you're, you're that's coming from your perspective. Just because he's not glowing about the Red Sox with every pitch doesn't mean he's anti Red Sox. I mean, if he had any personal bias, I would assume it would probably be for the team that his dad broadcast for all those years, which was the uh, Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that's probably what he grew up hearing, but as far as him being... Of all the criticisms of Joe Buck, that he's a homer is one that I I don't give a lot of credence to. I remember one thing my dad used to love to do was complain about some of the Monday Night Football play-by-play guys. Like, he had some that he he just couldn't abide. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he thought uh, Joe Namath was the worst. <laughs> he just couldn't stand uh, I mean, Joe Namath. wasn't really good at it. So He didn't like OJ. I don't even know if OJ ever did Monday Night Football, but he didn't like OJ, and that was like two decades before, before he killed his <laughs> wife. <Yeah. laughs> Your dad was early on that train, huh? Yeah. My dad didn't love Howard Cosell, but he didn't hate Howard Cosell. He just took Howard Cosell's wife. I think maybe I think like, he might have leaned toward it like. I was going to say, he might be the only person who was in the middle of the ground when it came to Howard Cosell, because Howard Cosell was really a, a love him or hate him kind of guy. I was love him, you know, just because his cadence and his voice just meant football <laughs> to me or well, sports see, that's in I general. Think all time, I'd have to go Keith Jackson. If you're oh, talking just Nelly. like that, that to me, that's Saturday that's college it. football, Absolutely. right there. Usually SEC or Big Eight, man. Oh, doctor! I always knew it was a big <laughs> Oregon game when he was With doing the announcing. Yeah, 
it at, it bumped up the excitement. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it was your team and they were playing your ultra, arch rival, the fact that Keith Jackson was involved in the game would make it a little bit better. Yeah, usually. He, he, he was awesome. How, where did you fall on, or was this before your time for Howard Cosell? Cosell was before my time. But, I, I mean, I watch highlights, and I, I don't think I would have minded Cosell that much. I think one of my favorites is Al Michaels. I really yeah. enjoy Al Michaels. I like Jim Nance a lot as well. How do you feel about, and I know this one is divisive, Chris Collinsworth? Oh, he does get on my nerves. but I, but the, He doesn't specifically do anything to get on your nerves, I bet. No, and that's the thing. is that I, I know how hard that guy works. I know, I know how good he is at the job. So I can't say I outright hate the guy. But it's just, there's just something. Like, like here's the thing. He'll, he'll never make me turn off a broadcast, but he'll never make me turn on a broadcast either. Like, if he were to jump ship over where, it's not going to be like, oh, I got to make sure that I'm watching these games over here. You know what I mean? I think my needle is a little more on the positive side. For Chris Collinsworth? For Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anybody else that really that really splits the fans. What Did, did you watch uh, Monday Night Football when Dennis Miller did it for a season? Yeah, that was bad. I really like Daryl Johnston, too, actually. I think I, I, I really like him, and I even like uh, Troy Aikman, and I'm not a Cowboy fan. Yeah, I think Troy does a good job, and... Because I like I knew Troy Aikman when we were both in high school. I never would have thought that he'd be a guy who would be so good about dull. Him. He well, he was he was shy, you know. But a lot of us were, I guess, in high school. But yeah, kind of dull. Didn't seem like he ever had really a, <laughs> a lot to say. The best to say, <laughs> but he does a real good job. I also do like uh, Mike Tirico as well. He's one that uh, I would put up there amongst the 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 ones I enjoy listening to. Who's your most underrated football announcer? Is there oh, anybody? Geez. I don't think I can even come up with somebody. Uh, Bill Cower. That Bill Cower's good. He doesn't really <laughs> he doesn't really announce the games though. He's an in studio analyst. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm thinking like like Bradshaw, but Bradshaw doesn't announce the games either. No. Um. Well, uh, Doctor Fauci had some other information, which I guess you'll have to wait on. Here it is, real quick. I got a scuba mask, and if anybody's got some minion goggles, that'd probably do the trick, too. All right, have a great weekend. Don't forget, Party on the Patio starts tomorrow at 3 p.m., nine hours commercial-free of concert sound from some of your favorite rock bands on KLAQ. That is tomorrow starting at 3 and go until midnight. So long, everybody.